You just like having it on. Yeah, I think I just like having it on. I don't know. But when I'm about to do something like this, mm-hmm. hey, friends. Now, I, I know you're probably wondering, who is that other voice that we're hearing, that person that Mashawn is talking to? Um, don't get up in a, get, don't get all in an uproar. Don't, don't. I, I did not get rid of Ashley, <laughs> but that is my dear friend, um, Randall Eichelberger, or better yet, the Reverend Randall Eichelberger. And we invited Randall to talk to us, to join me in a conversation um, about a movie, a new movie that came out earlier this year around Labor Day called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I'm sure many of you have heard of the movie. I'm sure several of you have seen the movie. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen some of the stuff that that has gone on via the socials about this movie, what it's about, who it is about, um, and all the other issues that come with that. Um, I'm sure that you've heard a lot of the narratives about um, how um, disrespectful the movie is to the back church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Ashley and I thought it might be pretty cool to have someone come and talk with us about the movie from their perspective and share with us some insights that we could potentially consider as it pertains to not just Honk for Jesus, but critical art especially when it comes to anything that critiques church, i.e. the black church. So today we are going to be, I am going to be talking to Randall in the first segment of this episode about this movie, um, what he saw, um, what he perceives. And then later on in the episode, Ashley and I, Ashley will be back. Ashley will, will be back with me. She didn't go anywhere. She still is the co-host of this show, but Ashley will be back with me in a conversation about what what Randall had to say, what I had to say, and her very own thoughts about the movie. Um, so sit back, get comfortable. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Welcome to Before Nine, the podcast, my friend, the Reverend Randall Ackleberg. I'm so excited. I am so, 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 I just, I'm so excited to have here with us my dear, 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 dear friend, the Reverend Randall Eichelberger, who I'm trying to think like, how long have I known you? It's been a long, long, long time. It has. And I think for, in a lot of ways, like we've, I still remember 
I still remember like when you were first becoming affiliated with that church that we both attended, that we attended at different times, <laughs> but I'm not going to say what that church is. Right, and right. You, I do that a lot on <laughs> here. Like, I'd be like, I'm not mentioning the name of this thing, but mm-hmm. you all know what this thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I remember you coming to Atlanta and becoming involved in that ministry, and we were messaging like on Facebook just sort of subtly for a little while. And then we didn't talk for a while, mm-hmm. and then you became – close with some other people that we know, Pierre, et cetera, Troy, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I was like, oh, who is this little boy that's mm-hmm. in my orbit? <laughs> um, that's my history. I've always said that about people. I did that about Troy. It's like, who is this little boy? <laughs> um, but I don't think I would have ever guessed that like we would become as cool or as close as we are right. in the past couple of years. And so I think I, I'm excited to have you here with us um, because I think you are one of the smartest people I know. Oh, wow. And I one of the that. most. I mean, you are. Like, the way in which your brain works is not how a lot of people's brains work. Mm-hmm. And you really do a thing with scripture, history, reality, society that breaks things down mm-hmm. in such a way that causes people to really like stop and pause. Like you're not just saying stuff for the sake of saying Same. stuff. Like sure. you've really thought about it mm-hmm. and you bring weight to whatever it is you're talking about. Um, and I really, really appreciate that. And so, like, earlier before we started recording, he was like, oh, you be reading my long post for real. Yes, I do. <laughs> because I, one, know that there are going to be jewels there. Mm. I know you've thought about what you're about to say. And I know it's going to, in one way or another, really impact what people think and how people feel. Mm. And so, yeah, you're one of the smartest people. I appreciate I that. So, I appreciate that. So glad to have you here with us. And the reason is um, the reason why we have Randall here with us today is to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> Good trouble. We, Good trouble. We're about, to, we're about to ruffle some feathers on today. Like, we're about to, we're about to make some people mad. Sure. Potentially. Yeah. And I don't care either way. Um, if you don't like it, that's okay. You're going to keep listening to Before <laughs> Nine the Podcast anyway. But anyway, let's get into it. Um, what we are talking about today is a little movie uh, that came out earlier this year, I want to say around Labor Day, that has ruffled a lot of feathers um, over the course of these past few months called Hunk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Mm. And one of the reasons why we are attempting to talk about this is, I see you got the, and I got it too. Great. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, One of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this is one, for a few reasons, one, there was a lot of commentary about this movie and what it meant right. when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it's it a is. pretty important message that um, sort of was displayed in the experience of this movie. And so following the movie, I just noticed all of this stuff being said on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, there were people who talked about how terrible it was. Mm-hmm. There were people who talked about um, how disappointed they were in Jordan Peele because it comes out of Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, there were all kinds of people who were just like, I can't believe that they would do this and talk about the church like this and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, so enough talking from me. Um, I wanted to have Randall here because Randall made this post on Facebook that, and I appreciate the fact that he started with like, spoiler and long post alert, um, that really for me, like, there were some points where I was like, yes, Randall, yes. And then there were some points where I was like, hmm, I'm not quite sure, but I get it and I respect it mm. that like I wanted to sort of lift up here. There was something you said in your post that um, really struck out to me. 
And, but it wasn't like the first thing you said. It, it happened like halfway through and it was like, I'm probably going to lose some friends, followers, and get all kind of interesting messages after this post. And it was like paragraph four. <laughs> so I'm like, you've already said some stuff. And then you were like, oh, by the way. Um, so my first question for you is, what did it bring up for you as someone who has pastored a church, has mm. been in ministry for years, stepped away from the church as far as active ministry is concerned, mm -hmm. and at the same time processing what it means for your ministry, your future. What 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 came up for you in this movie? Uh, well, thank you first of all for having me here. I think that I really wanted to to see this movie um, primarily because it dealt with uh, a lot of things that happened in church, mm -hmm. uh, particularly the African American church mm -hmm. as we've known it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it, that piqued my interest, uh, but it was this movie was triggering for me. Mm, in, more. in a lot of ways, um, particularly from the pastoral point of yeah. view, where a lot of times I feel like and, and being on both sides of the fence, being you know in the congregation, mm -hmm. being a lay person and then also being in ministry. I've seen both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like a lot of times we place pastors or our leaders on this pedestal yeah. that they do not have um, the wherewithal to you know, stand on yep. for long periods of time. We ask these things of our pastors. We ask these, uh, we ask them to be a certain way and we yep. expect them to be a certain way 100% of the time, yep. um, forgetting that they are human. And so this movie brought that up. Um, and then it also brought up that a lot of times uh, congregants, laity, they fail or, I don't know if they necessarily fell on purpose, mm -hmm. but they forget that he or she, the leader, is human first. Yep. And they have human frailties. Yep. And so uh, I noticed that in this movie that a lot of times people were just very, very vicious towards them. But on the flip side, mm -hmm. the pastor and the first lady, you know, there was we're a, a level. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. You know, um, there was a lot of narcissism from both of them. Yes. Um, they played the victim a lot mm -hmm. and didn't own their stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they just kept saying, oh, well, they did this and pointing fingers and they said this. But what about you? What yeah. did you do? Yeah. I think even there was a point in the movie. I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself, but go for it. There was a point in the movie kind of towards the end where uh, he was giving, I guess, a preview of his sermon for their comeback day, yep. you know, come back to church day. Yep. And his wife was sitting in the audience and she was like, well, she was the audience. And she says, well, you know, this is not, that's not going to do it. You need yep. to really come from the heart. To some degree, I felt like he meant what he said. He very much meant what he said. But he still was not owning yeah. what he had done. Yep. And she brought that up like, you're not really owning. Yeah. This stuff, the things that you've done. So um, those are just a few of the things that came up for me that a lot of times in the church, we we don't own our stuff. Yeah. We do a lot of things. And I've seen this yeah. and, and we don't own it. Yeah. And then we have a way of sweeping it under the rug. Mm -hmm. But you keep sweeping something under the rug after time. That rug's going to start to buckle. It creates a pound. <laughs> exactly. There's a bump under that rug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So it, it brought up just a, a few of those things. So what me. made you do the post? Like, So Randall made this post <laughs> September 4th or 5th. 
and it's long, y'all. Like, it's, <laughs> I, took, I am notorious for I it. I took the post and put it on a Google Doc, <laughs> and it's like three pages long. Oh, my and God. And I read every piece of it, and I was like, oh, yeah, long post for real. But um, what made you do the post? Like, what was it? Because my assumption is that, like, there was something burning that you were like, I have got to get this out. And you're right. You do long posts. But yeah. this one, you had some things to say here. Yeah. I think uh, what really uh, caused me to do the post is, and, and I think it's it ties into kind of the journey that I've been on mm-hmm. as it relates to church, um, is this idea that we've got to do things different. Yeah. We have to, if the church universal mm-hmm. is going to remain relevant mm-hmm. um, in the the decades and centuries to come, however long we're going to be here, yeah. um, you have to do things different. You cannot go back to doing the things that we saw in this movie. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and so even there were parts in the movie, for instance, when they were standing outside with the honk for Jesus sign and she was oh, dancing. Lord, I felt oh, so baby. bad for her. And she's dancing and she's doing her little thing and he's on the, the little megaphone. And there was a young lady that walked up. She was filming on her phone mm-hmm. and she was unbothered. And the first lady, you know, says, hey, how you doing? And she didn't respond. She stood there. She recorded. And the first lady said something about something about coming to church. And mm-hmm. the girl blew the biggest bubble yum bubble. <laughs> turned her phone off, turned and walked away. And, and, walked away. and essentially that is what the world, this generation yes. is doing as it relates to the church yeah. as we know it. Yeah. They don't want your Jesus. Mm-mm. You are a joke to them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that's. Uh, one of the reasons that made me make this post, like, hey, do you you all are making you know a lot of noise about how awful you felt the movie was, but did you really, really get the message or well, messages? Because there were several messages, messages in there. There were messages about being honest, not only with people around you, but being honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, but did you get the message? Yeah. Like, here, here's the message. Yeah. If you didn't get it, so here's my post yeah. to kind of translate. Yeah, you know. Yeah, one of the things that, that Randall said in his post is the Church Universal is at a pivotal, a very pivotal point in history. Yeah. It's been vastly approaching this moment for decades. The world sees it. Mm-hmm. I've heard folks say the church is under attack. I do not believe this to be the truth. I believe the Church Universal is being called on the carpet and truth is coming to light. But the narcissistic ways and absolutely right, right, absolutely, abs- and absolutely, absolutely right, right, right <laughs> absolutely mindset. Mm-hmm. Won't allow them to see it. Narcissistic people tend to feel and say they're under attack when someone calls them on the carpet for what they've done. And I was like, well, damn. (laughs) (laughs) And he a whole pastor, (laughs) y'all. You know, he's also going through this thing that I'm going through of like sabbatical from active ministry. Mm. But he a whole pastor. (laughs) So how do you really feel? But I think it is true. Like, Mm. One of the things that I found so interesting as I was seeing people react or respond to it was this whole, how dare you? Exactly. Like, how dare you say this about the church? Mm-hmm. How dare you? Not, how dare you? Re- I was about to say, how dare you reveal? But even in, in that, like, yeah, like, how dare you shine a light mm-hmm. on and critique and um, poke at Mm-hmm. This church, my beloved institution, mm-hmm. in the way in which you do. And I get it. Like, I had to do some very real work myself mm-hmm. to not become that which 
got under my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like many of us, have been harmed in one way or another by the church. Mm-hmm. And what I did not want to do is to come into ministry being that that I had been experiencing. Sure, absolutely. So I needed to really sit down and process, like, what is this for me? Mm-hmm. But also, what is this for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the gift of going to seminary and engaging in the way that I did because mm-hmm. I then was able to say for a lot of black folk, the church, particularly the black church mm-hmm. was their saving grace. It mm-hmm. was their community center. It was their gathering spot. It was mm-hmm. the, it was, and to some extent still is the opportunity for them to come and obtain a level of respect absolutely, and care and to be seen. Absolutely. And so I can get why they become as protective as they are about it. And I don't by any means want to destroy that for God's people. Right. But we also got to start telling the truth. Exactly. And we got to start pointing out some things in a way that can help us Mm -hmm. move forward. Like I'm not interested in burning down your institution. Right. Absolutely. I'm interested in helping you figure out in what ways can we do a better job about what it is that God is calling us to do. Mm -hmm. And so I always find myself disheartened because whenever I try to critique, (laughs) they don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. They just want to see I'm doing something to them. Mm -hmm. Narcissism Mm -hmm. that I am the problem. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, boo. (laughs) I'm I'm not the problem. (laughs) In my own narcissistic way. Mm. It is not. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like, there are ways in which we can still honor this thing mm-hmm. and help it to be better by critiquing this thing. Absolutely. And I don't know if all of us know how to do that. I don't know mm-hmm. if we know how to create space where we can critique for the sense of, uh, for, under the guise of trying to make it better. Well, you know, I I agree. I don't believe that we know how to Mm -hmm. primarily because if you look at the traditional uh, African-American or black family, we were always told whatever goes on in this house stays in this house. Go out there telling everybody my business. Exactly. So we carry that over into other areas of our life, including the church. So then it becomes hard for us to say what is really wrong, what is really going on, and accept it and then say, okay, how do we fix this? It's very hard. Yeah. Why do you think some people need to see (laughs) this movie? Ooh. (laughs) Well, you know, um, really just to partly to acknowledge, Mm. okay, this is really us. Mm. This is us. It is us. This is us. And we need to fix this. Good, bad, and otherwise. And it just keeps coming back up. Mm -hmm. Not just in movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes up in the news. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're constantly seeing it. But what are we going to do? Yeah. Are we going to go another 10, 15, 20? We, you can't. Yeah. You can't go another 10, 15, 20 years yeah. with the same things happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. What did you like about the movie? Like, what was your favorite part? Because, listen, I know what my favorite part is. My favorite part will always be my favorite part, and everybody thinks I'm ratchet for it, and I I will say what it is. But what was your favorite part? <laughs> what was your favorite it part? It was mine as well. When they were getting ready to roll up on these people, church... <laughs> And they were playing Nuck If You Buck. <laughs> First of all, that was completely unexpected. Listen! They just riding along, doo-doo-doo, and he turns his own. 
And I'm thinking First Lady is just like disgusted with it. And she jumps in. Listen. Okay then. Listen. That <laughs> so this how y'all feel? This how this what we doing. <laughs> this because we knocking and bucking and ready to fight. I was like, wow. Plus, I loved seeing social media respond to that part. Mm-hmm. You know, Knock if you buck is an anthem. It is. Knock if you put buck mm-hmm. is a black folk anthem, mm-hmm. regardless of where you grew up, mm-hmm. regardless of your social economic background, it is an anthem. When my husband and I got married, we played Knock If You Book before we came down the aisle. Like, yes, we did. We did. <laughs> we did. Wow. We did. It was all of like <laughs> a minute or so. But still, like people heard it and was like, oh, we know what this is. <laughs> um, it's an anthem for me. It's like Star Spangled Banner, <laughs> the Negro National Anthem, mm-hmm. Knock If You Book. There you go. I mean, Regina Hall, I think, is an acting genius. Mm-hmm. And she just has the best committed timing Mm -hmm. that I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But seeing them together and seeing them sort of do this. It's good chemistry. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Some of the best chemistry. Absolutely. That I've ever seen in a movie. Yep. It was like Seely and Shook. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. It was some good chemistry. It was. It was a match made in heaven chemistry. It really was. Um, the ending. Mm. Um, there are a lot of people that I've engaged with, and I'm not going to do too many spoilers, but there were a lot of people who were confused about the ending. And what it reminded me of, you saw Moonlight? Uh, bits and pieces. So there's also an ending in Moonlight that people were really disappointed with. Okay. Because they were like, I would have rather it ended this way, or I would have rather it been wrapped up in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so... I feel like the same thing happened with Hunk for Jesus, mm-hmm. where the ending left people like either wanting more or just disappointed because they didn't completely understand. And I admit, like, I also, for at least two days, was so <laughs> confused about this ending. I was like, mm, what just happened here? And part of that was assumptions that I made about what was going to happen as sure. the situation was occurring sure. at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, what did the ending say to you or bring up for you or what questions did it cause for you? I don't know that it really caused any questions. Um, For me, it felt as if um, first lady was again, furious Mm -hmm. at this man that she loved so Mm -hmm. much, you know, furious at the things that he's done. And then here it is, it's resurfacing again and it's in her face again. And we've seen this. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before in church. And, you know, she goes through all these semantics and she goes through this whole, you know, she goes off. But as soon as she says, I'd sooner see him dead than leave him. Mm-hmm. It's the same mentality, you know. And, and even with what her mother said to her about, here's all these blessings you've gotten from yeah. through this man. Yeah. Basically, this man. you know, you'd better stand by your man type of thing. And while I am for standing by your spouse, there has to be a certain point where you just say, no, enough yeah. is enough. Accountability is a huge part of being in relationships. Absolutely. And and it felt like she was finally getting ready to say, okay, enough is enough. You go your way. I yeah. go mine. But yeah. she said, no, I'll yeah. just stay right here yeah. with all yeah. this clown makeup on my face yeah. Yeah. looking like a clown. Yeah. I really feel like at the end of it, she had 
a revelation mm-hmm. of one, what the heck am I doing? Exactly. And two, this man has shown me who he who is he really is time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt like a reckoning. Mm-hmm. But it felt like a reckoning. It felt like she was on the beginnings mm-hmm. of a reckoning. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get that the first time I saw it. Like, mm-hmm. first time I saw it, I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and I watched it with my husband, and we both were just sort of sitting there just dumbfounded, mm-hmm. like, confused. Mm-hmm. And it caused me to stop and think. And it, it caused me to stop and pause, um, which led to a post that I did mm-hmm. um, that I guess several people also didn't appreciate. Um, <laughs> mine wasn't as long as Randall. Mine was like three-fourths of a page. Um, but the revelation I had about the ending is what sort of led to the post that I made. Sure. Um, which I want to say was a few days after your post, or maybe right around the same time of your post. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I said is, it's been quite some time since I can remember a piece of art igniting so much conversation as Hunt for Jesus Save Your Soul has mm. in the last few days. Mm. It's refreshing and entertaining. I'm also intrigued by some of what others have had to say about the film and the concrete and absolute observations that have been made. And one of the reasons why I wanted to speak to these concrete and absolute observations is because I think we do this as a society. Like, we concretize mm. everything. Like, this is the fact. This is the truth. Sure. This is the reality. And I'm sure. like, ah, let let's let's see what all the possibilities are. Sure. Absolutely. Um, because I would suggest that Jordan Peele has a certain perspective of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the young ladies, Adama and Ad- Adane Ibo have a certain perspective around what the movie is. Mm-hmm. And you, Joe Q, watching it from your mama's recliner mm-hmm. have a certain perspective mm-hmm. about it. And so I wanted to really speak that up of it was interesting to me, mm-hmm. these absolutes. But this is also the same thing we do with scripture. Absolutely. In the history of the church. We do. We speak in absolutes. We do. And that, which is a, 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 a clearer tell mm-hmm. about us as a people and perspective and experience, mm-hmm. these absolutes that we place upon things. Any final thoughts? Any other thoughts or things that you wanted to sort of say or share? You know, um, I really just hope that we as a people start to really understand that um, truth is more fluid than we realize. Um, You talked about absolutes. Everything isn't an absolute. Mm -hmm. Some things are a knowing Mm -hmm. and not a known. And um, these things that keep coming up, uh, these... uh, Questions that keep coming up in the church. Mm-hmm. We really need to just sit down and, and as they say, reason together mm-hmm. for real. Yeah, Come, let us reason together. Let us really have the hard conversations mm-hmm. that we've not been good at doing. I, I really want to see, because like you, I don't want to burn down the institutions, yeah. but let's, you know, do a renovation on it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, renovate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah, let's get some bigger windows. Yeah, yeah. A farmhouse sink. Because you know, I I keep saying I wrote this piece. I I didn't put it out. Um, but I will be looking forward <laughs> to seeing that. I wrote this piece and it it said to the church, "Your slip is showing." Ooh. And it deals with these very issues. Like you keep on hiding this stuff and we're trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. 
and putting it under the rug mm. and it just keeps slipping out. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, the lady at church with her slip yeah. showing and eventually it just falls on down. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's good. Your slip is showing. Mm. Anything else you want to say? Where can we find you? I'm all over social media. Um, What's your name there? Uh, Reverend Ike on uh, Instagram and just Randall Eichelberger on Facebook. That's pretty much it. And it is R E V E I C H C H. I don't know why I was about to say K. C H. And Eichelberger is. E I C H E L B E R G E R. You know you have to spell it for the people. <laughs> people would be like, I've been looking for this Reverend I Right. I K E. No, right. not that one. <laughs> Ickabacher. Did you say Mm-mm, no baby? He did not say. I thank you so much for being here with us. Thank this you for has having been me. A pleasure. Likewise. Um, and we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, Ashley and I are going to continue this conversation about Hawk for Jesus. And Ashley's going to share some perspectives of, of what she heard in the conversation that, that, that Randall and I had. So we'll be back. I'm trying to think of how I want to do this. Hi, friends. We're back. Yo, yo. I'm back. <laughs> LaShawn seemed a little bit worried. <laughs> In the first part of the uh, episode that y'all was going to be like, where is Ashley? I was cracking up as I listened to that. Girl. Like, I'm let's gonna, be clear. Look, because I don't need no problems. <laughs> I don't need them to be like, um, excuse me. Nope. That's why I was like, she will be back. Uh, what did you think? I thought it was a dope and very interesting conversation. Say more. <laughs> um, I love, first of all, thank you, Randall, for coming on yes. and talking to Michonne. Yes. It was a really, really insightful conversation. Yes, it was. And Randall has a very, um, just, I could feel like the pastoralness mm-hmm. oozing from, you know, my speakers as I listened to it and um, really appreciated his, he was very uh, calm and yeah. and resolute and yeah. just like very confident in what he was saying, even though he knew it was going to ruffle some feathers. But um, I appreciated his um, his very, like I said, pastoral outlook on, but real mm-hmm. too outlook on the film and the conversations very real. Yep. that you know are happening. Not maybe not as. Um, as, as honestly in the culture as they should be happening. Yes. But um, the conversations that are happening around the film. So I, I definitely appreciated yeah. his and your uh, commentary on Home for Jesus. It was fun. Like, it was really fun. And I was telling Elvis afterwards that it felt great. And Randall, not Randall. Randall and I have sort of been in each other's orbits for years. And then when Pierre was living, we got closer. Mm-hmm. So now that Pierre is gone, it's been really refreshing building this connection with Randall and building this relationship with Randall. And so the conversation was a lot of fun for me yeah. because it was, 
probably the first time he and I had ever been able to have like a conversation like that. That's dope. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh. And even after we finished recording, we sat here and talked talking. for like, I don't know what time he left. Like, <laughs> we just spent the whole day just talking and it was just really, it was really great. And so I was glad that he was willing. Um, and part of the reason why I even had the idea of inviting him was because one of my spiritual sons was like, as we were posting on our Facebook pages, Randall and I, one of my spiritual sons was like, this needs to be a podcast conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to hear this conversation even more and more in depth. And so um, what you all don't know is like one day I was just driving and I sent Ashley a text message and I was like, what if we did this? <laughs> um, and it just sort of struck me one day sitting in the car um, at, a, at a red light and I was like, this would be pretty cool to attempt this here and see what comes out of it. Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts about the movie, Ashley? So, um, I definitely, you know, at the, at the, towards the beginning of you and Randall's conversation, you talked about the connections that we have to the film mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I feel a deep, a deep connection mm -hmm. as, as filmmakers, but then also as someone who had seen the short film. Yeah before yep. I even knew a feature film was yep. was on the table for them. Um, and so going into the film, I had a very clear, mm -hmm. as, as much as I could without knowing, you know, the production side of things, a kind of clear indication of, you know, what the film would be, how it would flow. Yep. And it very much followed many of the, it mirrored the, the short film in many ways, the feature film mirrored the short film in many ways. Um, but then also... <laughs> The church and mm -hmm. the pastor who, you know, a lot of folks think that the the film is, mm -hmm. was, you know, may have drawn inspiration from. And I mean, that, that you know, that connection mm -hmm. is, is very deep for me yeah. because I was a part of that, that congregation yeah. during the time yeah. when all, all of, of the scandal broke out. And so it was, as I was listening to you and Randall's conversation, I was thinking more about that experience mm -hmm. as opposed to the film because I've digested the film, you know, repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And... I kind of was thinking more so about, you know, like the aftermath of the film, people having conversations yeah. that need to be had, but then also thinking about like the aftermath of my church experience yeah. and mindset mm -hmm. after being a part of that congregation mm -hmm. and being pretty, you know, close may be too strong of a word, but gravitationally close to, you know, the leadership and ministry during that time. I was very, very, very heavily involved in yeah. in the church. Like I was at this church <laughs> three to four times a week was was mm -hmm. easy. Mm -hmm. And this is like I live in Midtown Atlanta, and the church is in Lithonia. And for those of you who don't know the distance, that's a good thirty minute ride, mm -hmm. thirty plus minutes if you go in in the middle of the week, which which I was doing mm -hmm. multiple times. So, um, you not know, too many exits from where I live, but yeah, <laughs> right, 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 mm -hmm. right up the street. Um, so. I'm still like reeling from yeah. from that um, experience. I think I know that I grew tremendously spiritually in God's word and my faith and my belief during that time. And so when the scandal broke out, it was, I was, I don't know, how long ago was that? Was that like 20? Oh my gosh. 12, 13, maybe? been 10 years plus at least really okay so it's 
it might not be plus. It might be like right at 10 years or coming up on 10 years. Anyway, I was in my 20s and um, just really trying to grapple with like what what it meant, how to process it, like all of all of the things that come along with, you know, being so closely connected to a church and it doing so much for me spiritually, personally, meant all those things. And then grappling with the news that was everywhere. Um, and so it just, it really, the conversation really took me back to that time. Did you find it? Um, it's been about 12 years. Wow, really? 12, 13 years. Um, what year are we in? 20, 2022? We're 2022. This news story is from October 2010. Wow, October 2010. That must have been like the first. I started there in 2009 when I graduated from college. And I feel like we I had a good two to three years there, like really entrenched in the church before things got hairy. <laughs> why, why are you I'm laughing? not laughing at what you say. I'm laughing at <laughs> the situation. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm laughing at something that just happened in the midst of the recording that will be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know. Um, oh, boy. So, anyway. so yeah, I think twenty, I think twenty, two, twenty or nine, twenty ten, is sort of when like it started to bubble. There were whispers. Yes, but you're right. I think it was a couple years, maybe. So it's been about ten years. Then I, I think it's probably yeah. been ten years. About ten years. I think it's probably been about ten years. But anyway, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts. Mm. <laughs> I have you know, a lot of thoughts. It's interesting that you say that though, and I, and I appreciate you lifting that up because. It just gave me this thought, like, everyone's been watching the Dahmer series mm-hmm. on Netflix. Have you watched it? I have not, and okay. I have no desire to watch uh-huh. it. I watched it. Uh, I started watching the documentary that has, like, his recordings, mm-hmm. but then I was like, I don't even want to listen to I, this. I had no interest in watching that. So, there's been a lot said about sort of the dangers, if you will, of doing these programs and the impact that it has on the people who were the people who were impacted by mm-hmm. it. So like as it pertains to Dahmer, the families of the victims. And then hearing you talk about the experience at the church whose name we will not name. Mm-hmm. Um the impact that like Hunk for Jesus brings up for that. And so it gives me this thought of I think sometimes there is a danger in art um, what's the word? What's the phrase? Art imitating life. Art imitating life. Because there are people who are also impacted by that life. Sure. And the experiences of that life. And so it is one of the reasons why I stopped doing traditional journalism because my job was writing and reporting about situations. And sometimes those were scandalous situations that impacted real people. Mm-hmm. And I always thought about what impact is this going to have on the families and what role do I want to play in that? Uh, and so it's, it's, it's sort of similar to the same thing. Like we want to be entertained, but at what expense or at what cost? That's what comes up for me in the midst of this conversation right now. Like mm-hmm. you were there living a situation that had very real implications for you, your life, your beliefs, and still, to some extent, has some impact on you still today. Oh, absolutely. And this movie, for all intents and purposes, 
may not exactly have been about the situation, but was informed by the situation. Sure. And so then what do we do with that while being entertained? You know what I mean? I do. And I think the entertainment piece of it, I think, I mean, I I don't know. But for me, it feels less of entertainment. I don't know what their intent was behind creating the short film and then the feature film. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is that, you know, as you mentioned, it came out of Monkey Paw, um, Jordan Peele's production house. Mm -hmm. And typically his films are critical critical and have some some deeper meaning, Mm -hmm. some social implications. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, potentially maybe he connected with Honk for Jesus because it 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 made it made audiences uncomfortable. It made the church uncomfortable. So I think it was it definitely for me was deeper than entertainment and i feel like social commentary yeah definitely social commentary and i i I feel like you know in a lot of ways which i love you know the evil twins and jordan peele and monkey paw threw folks for a loop in the best way possible Mm -hmm. because church folk if you look at the 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 trailers and everything that was out there, it was, it was a lot of funny clips. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, people probably a lot of people who were unfamiliar with the background of the film and the short film probably thought they were going and it was going to be a good laughing movie. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, you know, but then when they got in the seats, they were like, they were like, what "What is this? Mm -mm, This ain't what we signed up for. Exactly. And it's interesting. It's interesting that you point that out because yes, you make a great point. Jordan Peele We've seen it with Get Out. We've seen it with Us. I haven't seen Nope yet, but I understand it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And now Hunt for Jesus has really done the kind of art that you assume is meant to entertain you, but it's also meant to make you think. And it's also meant to point out situations or poke holes in realities or what have you. But there are some people who haven't completely connected to that. Like they know Jordan from Key and Peele mm-hmm. and the work that they were doing on their variety show, which was all about on the surface jokes and comedy and making you laugh. And people saw the trailer for this and I'm pretty clear assumed that this was him going back to that <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of an extension of what he has been presenting to us. Yep. Since he launched the last Monkey several Paul. years, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I, at the same time, I and I think Randall spoke to this in the first segment. Like, church folk don't want the church to be critiqued, and so there was no way they could have possibly thought that this could, in any way, do anything more than entertain them. <laughs> Which, for a lot of folk, is what Sunday mornings are for them anyway. Mm, come on now. Going for the wow. entertainment. Wow. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to stop there because I don't got myself in enough trouble <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm biased because I just admire that story so much. As Personally, it, it just means a lot to me. So, um, I thought it was, it was, I, I, if their intent was to make people talk and to make people think they absolutely they did that they did that so um i'm i'm grateful for you know black women and black people having a platform to make art and yeah. make art that i believe matters and so i'm kudos to them 
Which is what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, with mm-hmm. photosynthesis. Yes. I'm so excited for Thank you. Thank you. So, so, so excited. Um, if you haven't heard, because I think we've talked about it a few times, Ashley's doing a short film called yes. Photosynthesis. And she did a campaign where she was trying to raise the funds to pro- for, to, for the production yep. um, expenses, the funds for production expenses. And she reached her goal and then some. Yes. Glory be to God. And so production is going to be starting pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for you and Thank so you. proud of you. Thank you. You're doing amazing things. Thank you. So are you. I'm trying, you know, just a little black boy from Decatur, Georgia. <laughs> but, uh, well, all right, friends. Um, I think we're going to cut this one short. This episode's already been long. I was going to say it's long enough. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, see y'all next time. Bye. B49 The Podcast was created by Mashawn D. Simon and Ashley J. Washington. Our theme music is produced by Samir Duncan. You can follow us on IG and Facebook at B49 Podcast. You can also find us online at B49Podcast.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, don't forget to tell your friends, family, and loved ones about us. Thank you.